died because they lost hope and they're sinking in despair and um you know they didn't know what to do so you know many people have died in 2020 and not having hope in christ not having faith in god because we need faith for every day faith is is the manner that that we eat every day it's the way that we eat god's word and so we need faith for today for tomorrow for 2021 going forward you need faith and i need faith don't ever think that you don't need faith as long as we are here on this earth facing challenges and difficulties and who doesn't right who doesn't who here doesn't have any problems but maybe that you know kids want to prepare you for, for your future and maybe you're going through something today and tomorrow and you need faith because you need faith to, to make it in this life uh and there's faith to uh, that you need to make it through the storms and so we i want to talk about uh, little faith and great faith and so we're going to quickly jump to mark chapter 4 and we're going to read um mark chapter 4 if you have your bible you can turn there kids if you have your bible turn there too and to all my listeners, viewers, um, you know, I pray that this is uh, a word for you today uh, and every day. Let it stick in your heart and let it become your lifestyle. So Mark chapter 4, verse 5. And we're going to read there, okay? If you're there, say amen. Yes, amen. Okay. All right. On the same day when the evening has come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. Since other little boats were also with him. And a great storm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace, be still. That's the song that we sang today. Mm -hmm. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? In um, uh, there's another passage in Matthew chapter eight, verse eight. Um, I'm just gonna read it quickly for you here. Matthew eight, chapter eight. Uh, no, uh, that's, that's the next thing. Um, in the other part of the gospel, Jesus said that, how is it you have a little faith? Okay, so, you know, speaking to his disciple, and he's basically telling them that all of you guys, you guys have no faith, you have little faith, right? And these are his students. These are the people that followed him every day, Okay. So now we're going to turn to Matthew 8, um, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. 
And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered, said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Amen. So these are the two scriptures I'm going to talk about today. Um, so on the one hand, you have a group of people that Jesus says you have no faith. You have little faith. Because when we're going through the storms, you, you guys are all scared, fearing for your life. And then on the other hand, he says to a Roman centurion, I don't know, but I don't think he follows Jesus around. And I don't think he's been to the temple. No, um, but here is an unbeliever. Yet Jesus says, I have not found anyone with such great faith in all Israel. So how do we, how do we, where do we go from here? From little faith or no faith to great faith. And this is very important. And I, I, I want to uh, teach you um, the importance of faith because it's faith that's going to help us make it through the most difficult times in our lives. And, and you thought 2020 was a hard time. You never know what 2021 will bring, right? We, we come to 2021 hoping that it's going to be good. And, and, and we, I don't know, I don't have a guarantee for you that it's going to be good. But I'm going to tell you, when you have God with you, it's going to be good. Right? When God says to the disciple that we are going to the other side, the disciple missed something. Okay? The reason, the reason why, why did Jesus say to them, you have little faith, ye of little faith, or ye of no faith? Why did Jesus say that? They have little faith because they have little hearing. I said that again. I'll say that again. Little faith is due to little hearing. No faith because you're not listening. Okay? So the first key in faith is to start listening. You need to pay attention because Jesus said to the disciple, we are going to the other side, right? And when God says, we're going to the other side, that means all of us are going together and we're going to make it to the other side. It doesn't mean that we're going to go and we're going to die drowning. Make sense? Mm -hmm. The key is, are you listening? That's what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. Okay? Remember the, the response of the centurion. Okay? He says to Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak a word. Speak a word. So the key for you, my friend, my brother and sisters today, is for you to hear a word from God. You don't need to hear a speech. You don't need to hear many words. You need to hear one word. Okay? So if anything that you learn today, I just pray that one word will stick to you. Just one word. Because it's that one word that God speaks 
that's that word that's the word that's going to help you make it through the storm of life so the key is one word one word listen to that the next question is what is faith you know we we the, the world uh, a lot of people don't know you know like when you um you know, people sometimes when they do a census, they come to your house, they ask you how many people are in the house, and then they, they ask their age, where are you coming from, and they ask, what is your faith? Are you Buddhist, are you a Hindu, or are you a Christian, a Catholic, you know, Muslim? But that's not, you know, faith is not just you know, the name of a religion, okay? Faith, very simply like this, it is to hear from God and it is to believe what he says. That's it. It is to hear from God. You have to hear from God and you, you have to believe what he says to you. Don't, don't worry about what he's saying to your neighbor, to your brother, your sister, your friends, your aunt, uncle, and your mom and dad, your wife, your husband. Don't worry about all that. What is he trying to say to you today? And do you believe it? You know, G, uh, John chapter 6, verse 29, Jesus said, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. So belief is, is, it's just, it's not about acknowledging what God says. Okay, yeah, yeah, I believe. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Son of God. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the church. That's half the battle. Okay? Belief is acknowledging what God says, but to obey what and to apply it. So that's the key, obey and apply. The centurion understood what Jesus means when he released a word. When God released a word, something or someone has to obey and apply. Jesus spoke to the storm. It, uh, it obeyed the word of God. It has to obey the word of God. Okay? And so when God speaks to us, we need to be like the wind. We need to be like the storm. We need to please be still. Okay? God is speaking to our lives, but He's also training us to have faith, great faith. You know, we, we all encounter challenging situations in our lives. And... Um, you know, right? We all make decisions. We encounter difficult things in life. Many difficulties. Tragedies. Um, loss of loved ones. Separation. Uh, we fight. We, um, you know, go through many suffering. And many of those times, we have made the decision to do it ourselves. We went and confront those storms on our own. And that's when we're fearful and we're tired and frustrated, right? It's kind of like when you, the disciples, when they're in the boat and when they encounter a storm, right? You know, some of us may decide, you know what? I don't need to be here. I can swim. <laughs> I can swim on my own. I, I don't care about what people are, you know, if the ship is sinking, I'm going to swim, right? But I'm, can, I can tell you that you can try and swim the storm on your own, do it on your own strength. But I'm going to tell you there are storms in life you cannot outswim. You cannot outswim certain storms. Because some storms are violent and they're deep. The ocean is deep. And the storms may take longer than it should be. 
and you're not going to have the energy to be able to sustain yourself. You will drown, right? And how many people right now in the world are drowning, are dying because they're swimming, they're in a boat not acknowledging this, right? When they're going through marriage issue for so long, they say, you know what, I don't like this boat, I'm going to jump this boat, okay? But that's, that's, that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to hear a word from Him and acknowledge Him and apply the word. And that storm, that boat will reach to the other side. I don't care about the size of the storm. What you need to care about is, are you hearing from God? Apply the word of God. Speak the word of God. Speak to your storm using the word of God. I speak peace. Be still in Jesus' name. Right? This is how we make it through the storms. So I'm, I'm just telling you the key to life is don't do it on your own. You can't make it on your own. You need the word of God. And first, you need to receive it internalize it obey it and apply it that's how you believe that's that's belief okay but you've got to first listen when jesus said we are going to the other side he's saying your marriage is, is going to be okay your finance is going to be okay don't worry about your life it's going to be okay so when jesus said that it's going to be okay. Believe it and walk in it. Right? And so most of us Christians we we hear it but somehow it doesn't it doesn't stick in our lives. And sometimes, you know, when we're dealing with the situation, it, we get, we grow weary. And so the first thing I want to do is Train your ear. Let's train your ear. How do you train your ear to hear God's word? And the best way to train your ear is to cultivate your heart. Cultivate your heart. Because the hardness of hearing has nothing to do with your ear, but it's the hardness of your heart. Both. Okay? But that's, that's, that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to hear a word from Him and acknowledge Him and apply the word. And that storm, that boat will reach to the other side. I don't care about the size of the storm. What you need to care about is, are you hearing from God? Apply the word of God. Speak the word of God. Speak to your storm using the word of God. I speak peace. Be still in Jesus' name. Right? This is how we make it through the storms. So I'm, I'm just telling you the key to life is don't do it on your own. You can't make it on your own. You need the word of God. And first, you need to receive it internalize it obey it and apply it that's how you believe that's that's belief okay but you've got to first listen when jesus said we are going to the other side he's saying your marriage is, is going to be okay your finance is going to be okay don't worry about your life it's going to be okay so when jesus said that it's going to be okay. Believe it and walk in it. Right? And so most of us Christians we we hear it but somehow it doesn't it doesn't stick in our lives. And sometimes, you know, when we're dealing with the situation, it, we get we grow weary. And so the first thing I want to do is 
Train your ear. Let's train your ear. How do you train your ear to hear God's word? And the best way to train your ear is to cultivate your heart. Cultivate your heart. Because the hardness of hearing has nothing to do with your ear, but it's the hardness of your heart. Okay? What you need to do is tender your heart. Because when your heart is tender, it makes it easy for you to receive the word of God. In, uh, in Luke chapter 8, Jesus was talking about the story of a farmer who goes out and he sows seed in the field. You guys remember those story? I'm going to speak it. I'm going to read it quickly for you, okay? He spoke a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell on the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yield a crop a hundredfold. When he said he had these, when he had said these things, he cried, "Who has ears? Let he who he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear." Amen. So what 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 Jesus is saying is is, and he continued, the parable is this: seed is the word of God. Those that fell by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes, takes the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and save. Okay, so the first seed that fell on the wayside, the devil comes to steal it. Okay? When God speaks to you, and there are other voices that are speaking to you. And the key here is to discern what is God and what is not God. Because too many of us have trained our ears or we're used to listening to other people's voices. And most of those people's voices are not godly. Right? How many times have we called people and say, oh, you know what, this storm in my life right now, and uh, what should I do? And your, your worldly friend, ungodly friend, will say, you know what, you know, just, just bail out, okay? You know, uh, go steal, go lie, it's okay to lie, you know? You're, you're, you're in a, a bad situation, uh, it's okay to steal from the grocery store. You're in a bad situation. It's okay to lie a little bit, right? So you're listening to ungodly advice. How many times have we done that? It's okay to cheat because, you know what? You know, 2020 was hard on the finance. And so, you know, you don't have to declare this. You don't have to declare that on your taxes. That's You're listening to that. And what you need to do is... Let's shut out the voice that are ungodly and start listening to God's voice. Mm -hmm. And God's voice is that still more sweet voice speaking to you. And he's saying to you to do something that is that goes against what you feel is right. Because sometimes what you feel is right is wrong. Right? And that to the ones, the rock are those who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy, but these have no root. Who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Okay, so this is a group of Christian. This is another young group. It's another group of Christian, and, and I think they're mostly young believers, right? 
And these are the believers that that still uh, holding on the old thing. And Chang Ling was saying in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, is we're still holding on to our old habits, our old ways, doing things. You know, yesterday we were stubborn, and today we are still stubborn, right? And and we haven't cultivated uh, a heart of of tenderness, uh, right? And and so, you know, not just tenderness, but it's it's like a lifestyle of of obedience, consecration, and sanctification. A lot of young Christians fall into this camp. Because they they received the word of God for a moment and they, they left the church happy, right? But then they you know they go out and they forgot the word, you know, because they they they're still walking in their old ways, their flesh. Um, and so um, we need to learn to allow God to speak daily into our lives about these little things. Allow God to consecrate you. Allow God to, to sanctify you. you know, um, Jesus said to his disciples, uh, the word that I speak to you, you are clean because of the word that I speak to you. Right? So when God speaks to you, he's sanctifying you. He's cleansing you. And that's how you develop that heart of tenderness, that heart of obedience. And that way you can receive the word of God with joy. That's what we that's what we want to do to work on our heart. And then uh, there's another group of people. Now the one that fell among the thorns are those who heard go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Okay, so this is a group of Christians that also hear the word of God. But when they hear the word of God, the, the word, didn't, it didn't grow in their life. And why is it not growing? It's because they're, they're so worried about their own life. Because in, they still haven't allowed Jesus and his word to in their lives. So they, they still struggling, they're still swimming in this life on their own, right? And so when, when the storm is difficult, they're fearful because they're still using their own abilities, their strength, their gift to fight the storms and the flood that that's at work in their lives. But there's also a group of Christians that, that want to pursue prosperity, they want to pursue pleasures of this life. And so these are the group of people that have the wrong priorities. I'm not saying that prosperity is wrong. I'm not saying that pleasure is wrong. It's just that you have the wrong priorities. You have put your priority ahead of God's priority. When God says to put down your phone and go pray. When God says to, you know, stop watching your movie, go seek my face, go study the word, you, you feel like, Ugh. okay, I, I have to confess, you know, I'm part of this camp of people. Right, where pleasures and fun sometimes takes precedence over God's priorities. And so we got to stop doing that, right? We got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit says, you know what, let's just go to your prayer closet, wake up early in the morning, and seek his face. Train your ear to listen to his word. I'm going to tell you, that's how you cultivate a heart that Jesus called a good soil. A good soil. 
Because if you don't do that, then the word of God will be choked in your life. The cares of the world, the riches and the pleasure, it's going to choke God's word speaking. So, you know, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. We, we, we spend too much of our time building our own kingdom that we neglect the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God sometimes for us is to go help build other people's lives. Build people's lives. Take the time out to go visit, sit down, have coffee, and encourage a friend, encourage a stranger, build them up, right? I mean, there's many things we can do right now for ourselves, but let, let's just stop thinking about ourselves and thinking about our neighbor. What do we do for our neighbor? It's very important. I mean, that's how you cultivate a heart, a good heart, a good soil. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, but the one that fell on the good ground are those who have heard the word with a noble and good heart. Keep it and bear fruit which patience. And so we need to cultivate a noble and good heart. And you know what? We can't do that on ourselves by ourselves either. No one has a noble and good heart, okay? The Bible says that for all have fallen short of the glory of God. So that means that we have all fallen of God's standard of goodness. You know, that none of us are good by ourselves. Yes, there's something about us that's good, right? You're a good singer. Uh, you're a good artist. You're a good piano player. You're a good doctor. You're a good pharmacist. Uh, you're a good worker. But some, some aspect of our lives is good. But the totality of us is none of us are good. We, you know, one of us met the standard of God's goodness. The standard of God's goodness. None of us. Okay? Not even the best of us. And sometimes we idolize those people that we thought are, are good. But no, it's the grace of God working in their lives transforming them and helping them attain that standard of goodness, right? And, and, and part of being a good and noble heart is to, to hear God's correction and speak and hear him speak correction into our lives, right? You know, I'm going to say that as a Christian, I, I don't often hear God's encouragement to me, okay? He always tells me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> you know, just like Jesus. You know, Jesus on the boat, he says, Oh, you, you, you have little faith. You have no faith. Well, that's, that's not very nice, Jesus. You're not encouraging me at all. But, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, that's, that's not the, the Jesus that I know. The Jesus I know is, you know, you're stubborn. You know, you're lazy. You're dirty. Okay? Get up, you bum. You know, go to work. Get up early and seek my face. Okay? We need to get used to those kind of words that God speaks in. You are so unorganized. Okay? Look at, look at your life. Look at the, the, the dirty thoughts that you have. Look at the unclean thoughts that you have. Get rid of it. You know, stop, you know, uh, being violent. Stop being impatient. Look at you. You know, how can, how can you be like that? You know, God, the Holy Spirit speaks to me like that. Okay? And we need to get used to that. And you know, when God speaks to us, our faults. You know, we, we, turn, we turn God off because, you know, the, the voice of God sometimes is like the voice of our husband or our wives. And so we get the two mixed up sometimes, right? Because, you know, when, when our wife or our husband is critical to us, you know, we, we shut them down. And so when the Holy Spirit 
becomes critical to us, we shut God down as well. And so we, we get the two voices mixed up, right? And so we need to start to, to cultivate that, that deep, intimate relationship with God. So then we can hear, you know, is this my husband or is this my God? Right? And so, if, you know, if it's God, then you better start listening. Right? And, and David... David had to listen to God's correction many times. He had to listen to the prophet Nathan speaking to him about how he he uh, stole a sheep from his pasture and, uh, and, and killed her husband. David had to listen to God in 1 Chronicle 21. You know, David, you know, he disobeyed God and did a census, right? And then he disobeyed God, and he displeases God. And so David realized that, that he made a mistake. And uh, as the story goes, um, you know, he he went to this threshing floor that belongs to this farmer, and his name is Ornan. And uh, the the Ornan says, you know, you are the king. You are my king. And this is my threshing floor, and I'm going to give it to you. You can build your altar here, and you can offer the sacrifices here, right? And you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you the sacrifice as well. So you don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to buy anything. I'm just going to give it to you for free. This is what Ornan says to King David, right? But King David says, no. But I will surely buy for the full price, for I will not what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which cost me nothing. Okay, so David understood how to repent. He didn't take the easy way out. You know, in his repentance and his offering to God for, for his sin, he says, you know what, this is going to cost me. It's on me. I'm going to take responsibility for my failure. You know, David cost Israel 70,000 people. 70,000 people died because David disobeyed God. And just remember that when you disobey God, people in your life will suffer as well. Right? When you obey God, they will be blessed. But when you as a leader in the family, at the workplace, you disobey God, you will not just bring curse on yourself, but you will bring curse on others. They will suffer with you. And so you need to learn how to repent in God. When God speaks the word to you about your sin, about your failures, about your character flaws, how you're stubborn, how you lie, how you cheat, how you're lazy. Don't ignore those words. And just say to God, yeah, you're right. Forgive me. You know, one of the things that we learn, we need to learn as children of God is learn how to repent. None of us have arrived. None of us are saints. But God is helping us to get there, to become perfect, right? Perfection comes through obedience to God's word. And that usually is to obey and to ask for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Amen. In Luke chapter 5, uh, verse 31, Jesus said to them, you know, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's Luke 5, chapter 5, verse 31. Jesus didn't come looking for the righteous. That's why he stayed away from the church. But they too are, you know, sinners. But, you know, he's, he's going to the people with simple heart. People that received him. 
And Jesus is calling us to repentance today. Uh, the word repentance in the Greek is called metanoia. Metanoia, it means change your heart. Make that 180 degree turn in your life, right? If God shows you something that you're doing wrong in your life, turn your life 180 degree around. Metanoia, repent. Acknowledge your failure and trespasses and say, God, help me do better. You know what else is a good and noble heart? Is the word renew or transform. In the Greek, the word is called metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, it means to to change, to be transformed into his likeness. See, you know, the, the best way to see that is the, the life of, uh, um, what do you call those? A caterpillar, you know, a worm. And the worm starts its life as, uh, you know, a, a creepy crawly thing, right? feeding on leaves, but then it goes through a life cycle where it goes into a cocoon and um, it, um, for a period of time, it starts to grow wings. And then soon enough, it breaks out of the cocoon and it starts to fly. And so God is doing a a transformation in our lives. We are all worms. All of us are worms. We start our life as worms. But when you allow Him to, to uh, arrest us, you know, putting us in that cocoon, right? And let His Word form a cocoon around us. And we feel ooh, restricted. We feel confined by the Word. Right? Another word for that is circumcision, spiritual circumcision. And so when you allow God's word to, to do that, apply it in your life, you're going to start growing wings. And soon the, the word of God will liberate you and free you. And you're going to be soaring, soaring on ego's wings. You'll be flying. So those things are easier said than done. But I'm going to tell you, it has to be done. It must be done in the life of a Christian. You cannot be a Christian and not be a butterfly. You cannot remain a worm. No. Amen. You know, I don't want to be a worm. Yeah, I, I think it says in, Psalm, in Psalms, when David prophesied that, Oh, I, I am a worm. Let me find that for you. Give me a second. Um, Psalm 22, verse 6. Let me read it for you. Psalm 22, verse 6. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised by people. All those who seize me ridicule me. See, we are a worm. We start our life as a worm. But this, you know what? This, this is David prophesying that, that Jesus became a worm for us. You know, he became warm so that we can become butterflies. So I want to encourage you today that to allow God to speak into our lives and allow him to metamorphosize us into his likeness. Because what this world needs are butterflies. We don't need more worms. We need more butterflies. 
Amen. 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 And this is how you you become you have great faith. Yes, none of us have great faith to begin with. The centurion learned to obey the word from his superior. Learn at a young age to obey the word of God, uh, the, the word of his generals, of his lieutenant, of his colonels, right? And you know, I, I feel I have to give Grandpa, my dad, credit because how I become a Christian today has a lot to do with me having to listen to him giving me orders all the time. As a young man, as a young child, you know, my dad would always say, Joe, do this, Joe, do that, right? And to me, it was never ever pleasant, right? But as I grow up, I learned to hear God because I learned it as a child. Okay? And, you know, so, you know, maybe a lot of people will say, oh, I, I, I can hear God. You know, I don't need to listen to my pastor. I can hear God for myself. But, you know, the best indicator of your spiritual maturity is how well you listen to your pastor. Because your pastor is your representative of God. And if you have a hard time listening to your pastor then you're having a hard time listening to God. Seriously, you are no, you're, you're no closer to God, okay? Don't think you and God are tight, right? Like even Jesus, listen to this, Jesus, Hebrews 5, Jesus said that, this, verse 79, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers, and supplication with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was hurt because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Let me say this again. Jesus, although he was a son, he learned obedience to what he suffered. So you know what? Obedience was not automatic, even for Jesus. So if it's not automatic for Jesus, it's not automatic for us. None of us are obedient. But we can learn to be obedient. Okay? And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And that's a lesson we need to learn. And that's where great faith is made. Great faith is not an accident. It was not made in one day. You are not an accident. Okay? Where you are today... It's because God is working in your life and your faith. God is, 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 he's working to build up your faith. Because I'm going to tell you that there, you need great faith because great storms are coming, great floods are coming. The days will be dark and how will you be able to handle that? Right? When, when calamities, when tragedies come, how will you be able to stand in the days of trials and tribulation? How will you be able to stand? And God wants you to stand on your two feet on the rock, right? He's not gonna just, you know, um, you know, make everything rosy for you, all right? So you need to be able to have strong faith, then you can rebuke the wind like Jesus did. Speak to the wind and it shall obey. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Deadly poison and not be sick. That takes faith, right? Amen. You know, in the days that are ahead, you're going to have great temptations. And how will you stand 
How will you resist the devil? Because even God's elect will be deceived. They will be tempted as well. So this message is to prepare you for the days ahead. And you need to get this into your heart. So great faith starts with hearing. And the hearing comes from the heart. And from your heart, you need to cultivate that, that deep intimacy with God so that you could become that, that butterfly that he's trying to, to uh, transform you, metamorphosis. Learn to, to repent. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, does anybody have questions or comments? I have caught yes. just something. Um, I just want to share that the yeah. Thank you for the message today. It's uh, it is actually God is preparing us for something great is coming because God wants us to be in um a part of His plan in revival mm -hmm. to revive this nation. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of work to do. And God wants us to be ready when he dispatches. We have to be, we have to have the weapon needed to fight this battle. And we have to know that we are not alone. God will be with us at all times, but he needs us to be ready. And God is stirring up new people. He is not going to pour old wine into an uh, old wineskin. Yeah, yes, exactly. He is starting new things and he's raising up new people. Mm -hmm. And that's where we want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And and that is a great blessing for all of us. Now is our time to stand up. Mm -hmm and respond to God's calling Amen. and purpose for our life. Yes. Because this this is the ultimate goal of why God created us, mm -hmm. why we came to this us in the first place. Mm -hmm. He has a plan for us. Mm -hmm. And this is a time that he is going to use us in his Amen. kingdom. Yes. We have to be ready. Yeah. And you know what? He's going to use us in the small things first. Yes, exactly. Right? That's how you beat your train. Right? Exactly. You cannot drive a Lamborghini unless you learn how to drive a Honda. Exactly. And we have to be faithful in the small. And he yeah. will give us bigger tasks. Amen. Yep. Right? He teaches us little. We have to take a baby step. But yep. he wants us to take that baby step. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, we don't want to be worms forever. I don't want to be a worm. I want to be a butterfly. Amen. Right? So we can we soar. Yes. So we can soar. Like yes. the song, like the song says. Exactly. We can fly. Like we can not be a worm. Yeah, not, not a worm. We don't want to be a worm. Yeah. Jesus had to become a worm so we can become butterflies. Exactly. That's what yeah. it is. Amen. And we have to be ready. I'm so excited. Yes. You know, a butterfly is very beautiful. It is. And I want to be a butterfly. I don't want you know, to be when, when you go to the you know, museum, who looks at the worm? Nobody looks at the worm. Everybody no. looks at the butterfly. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, a, a worm is not very glorious. No. But a yeah. butterfly, mm. eyes have not seen nor ears have heard right and that we are to glorify him mm -hmm. you know in the splendor in his splendor mm -hmm. so um yeah so you know i i look at the dana and i look at the the alia and and the jessica's and and the justin and the juliana they are going to be butterflies yes yes we radiate the glory of god Mm -hmm. We cannot remain a worm. No. We can't be crawling on our bellies. No. Because that, that you know, we don't want to identify like the serpent. You know, the serpent, mm -hmm. 
he crawls on his belly. You know, mm -hmm. you know that's 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 a position of curse. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I was yeah. about to say. So, we we don't want to be that god want to liberate us from our sins and and our uh, humanity but we free us into our spirituality mm -hmm. so amen so let me pray for you guys thank you for joining me today uh, it's a little bit long drawn i just no it was awesome i just feel like you know it's such an important message for the hour and mm -hmm. i pray that every word is received and and so we can start you know walking daily in this mm -hmm. amen amen <laughs> what did you say grandpa flying 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 yeah let's go flying you know what you know grandpa flew on on these jets before right I, i've never flew on jets before i'm jealous but you know what it must be a feeling of uh you know a heavenly feeling Right, you know, he, he says that he can fly from Cold Lake to Regina. What in fifteen minutes? Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, but you know, that's that's where we need to be in the spirit, not in the flesh. Exactly. Yeah. So let me pray for you guys and, and release you, oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, hang on, Tweet, did you say something, dear? Okay, Yeah. Cảm ơn Chúa 4 năm nay anh Thông anh Trọng vẫn uh, vẫn ở cùng về cùng với mấy tụi em thì uh, uh, thì mình cũng cảm ơn Chúa là mình sẽ tiếp tục bước đi trong cái đời sống này với nhau tại vì Chúa có công việc cho mỗi một người, có cái chương trình cho mỗi một người. Uh, trước nhất là thay đổi con người mình như trước để để cho mình thay đổi thế gian. Amen. 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 Um, So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for, for today, for your word, Lord, for your manna. Thank you, Lord, that your word is alive. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord. And your word is, is a, a discerner of thoughts, Father God. It will enter in our hearts, and it will do a work in us. Lord, that we receive it gladly with a good and noble heart, Lord. We pray, Father God, that it, it doesn't get choked by the word of life and by the cares of life, Father God. We pray, Lord, that it doesn't fall into onto deaf ears. We pray that your word, Father God, is not stolen away by the devil. But Lord, let your word be treasured in, the, in your hearts. And let, grow, and let it become fruitful. Let it yield a harvest, a, a bountiful harvest, Father God. And so I thank you, Lord, that your word is working in our lives to transform us, to metamorphosis us into, Lord, into your likeness, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that we are not doing it on our own strength, but by your power, by your grace, by your Holy Spirit, Lord. So we welcome you. We hear you, Lord. Have your ways with us, O oh God. Yes, Lord, amen. We are excited, Father God, for what you will do in us and through yes. us, Lord, in 2021. Yes. Amen. So, God, we just yield to you. We say, Amen. We say, let it be according to your word. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. God bless you. Thank you for the message. Amen. Awesome. Take care. Bye-bye. We needed this. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Kim. Bye. 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 Bye.